Hello again. Uh, if you have your Bible, please turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 11. I'm going to be looking at verses, uh, chapter 11, verse 7 through chapter 12, verse 8 this morning. Uh, we will actually be finishing our series in Ecclesiastes next week. We've been in this uh, book for the last eight or nine weeks. We will finish next week. Before I read our passage this morning, I want to clarify something that could potentially cause you uh, to not listen this morning quite as attentively as you normally would. Uh, it's the word youth. You'll see that word four times, or young man, four times in this passage. In this passage, the preacher or wisdom teacher is contrasting for us uh, a, a young person uh, with an older person. And it's easy for us, I think, to hear the word youth and to immediately think student ministries. It certainly includes that, but our mind initially thinks, oh, he's just talking about 7th through 12th graders. Well, the term is actually much broader than that in Ecclesiastes. It obviously includes that. But the term uh, is also, it's used of anyone who is in a season of life where life is full of light where life is full of hopes and dreams and ambition. It's anyone who is not, this is the way it's used in Ecclesiastes, it includes anyone uh, who has not entered the stage of life that we see and the decline that we see in chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. And that would include uh, almost our entire church. The last statistic I heard on this was that the average age of our church was 39, uh, 38 or 39 years old. And so uh, this morning, uh, Faith Church, we need to listen up because this passage is particularly relevant for us uh, this morning. And so follow along with me as I read Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verses 7 uh, through chapter 12, verse 8. This is the word of the Lord. Light is sweet, and it is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. So if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all. But let him remember the days of darkness will be many. All that comes is vanity. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth. And let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes. But know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. Remove vexation from your heart. Put away pain from your body. For youth and the dawn of life are vanity. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil days come and the years Draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men are bent and the grinders cease because they are few. And those who look through the windows are dimmed and the doors on the street are shut. When the sound of the grinding is low, and one rises up at the sound of a bird, and all the daughters of song are brought low, 
They are afraid also of what is high, and terrors are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along, and desire fails, because man is going to his eternal home, and the mourners go about the streets before the silver cord is snapped, or the golden bowl is broken, and the pitcher is shattered at the fountain, and the wheel is broken at the cistern, and the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, all is vanity. That's quite a passage. It's the word of the Lord. Let me pray and ask God to be with us through his spirit. Let's pray together. Father, we are looking at another heavy passage this morning, and we really need your help. I need your help. I need your help now, and so would you come through your spirit and help me as I communicate this, these heavy, weighty things, but they're also life-giving things, and so I pray that For those that are listening this morning, that they would listen attentively, that you would take the word and that you would apply this to our hearts and that you would change us and help it to shape the way we live today. Lord, do not lead us, this is not meant to lead us to despair, it's meant to lead us to life. And so show us the gospel and lead us to life this morning. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. I want to mention to begin this morning a few names. They might sound familiar. Frank Barone, Raymond's father on the sitcom Everybody Loves Raymond. Arthur Spooner, Carrie's father in the show King of Queens. Victor Mildrew from the TV series One Foot in the Grave, Archie Bunker, and I could keep going, but as you think about, if you're familiar with those names and those men, what comes to mind and what do they all have in common as you hear those names? Well, to put it very simply, they are all grumpy old men. Yes, Their grumpiness provides the humor for the TV series and for the sitcom, of course. But they are a picture of someone who, as they have gotten older, they have lost their joy. They've become intolerant. They despair of life. They despair of the way people are. And, of course, everyone else is always wrong. And they are always right. They're annoyed and irritated at the world around them. They're a picture of someone who, as they have gotten older, they have lost sight of the goodness of life and the blessings that has been lavished upon them. And you see, we've all met people like that. You can think of people even now who, in their old age, it has made them into the wrong kind of person. It has made them into someone who is unpleasant to be around. 
as they have aged, they have become negative and irritable, hardened and cynical. But on the other hand, you could also think of people who, as they have gotten older, they are more full of life, it seems, than ever before. They're full of wisdom and kindness and love and joy. In this passage that we're going to look at this morning, the preacher's realism about growing older actually leads him to issue wisdom to a younger person, actually leads him to issue commands to a young person. Uh, Last week, we looked at one of the questions we answered was, what does it look like or what does it mean to die well? This morning in this passage, we are going to learn and look at what it means to age well. You'll notice this passage, the focus of the passage is really on two commands. Two commands given to young people. Look at chapter 11, verse 9. Rejoice while you are still young. Chapter 12, verse 1. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. So that's our outline this morning. What does it look like to age well? Well, to age well, we need to learn to rejoice. And secondly, we need to learn to remember. And so let's look at the first point. To age well, we need to learn what it looks like and what it means to rejoice. Uh, It's interesting, this is actually the seventh and final time in the book of Ecclesiastes. We've seen it throughout the whole series. But it's the last time the preacher commands us, and he has commanded us, to enjoy life and to find joy in the life that God has given us. Look at verse 8. So if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all. He continues this theme of joy. Look at verse 9. Rejoice. Notice now, for emphasis' sake, it is turned into a command. Rejoice, O young man. Rejoice in your youth and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. And as you think about this, and this is a good question, why does the preacher have to command young people to rejoice in the days of their youth? Because if you're like me, you would think that out of all the stages of a person's life, it is the young who would find true joy and really enjoy life. And so why does he give the command? Well, think about it. The young tend to, and, and again, I'm including myself in this. You might not think so, but, but I'm including myself here. But the young tend to take their youth for granted. It's been said that youth is wasted on the young. In other words, young people often don't think about how good they have it because their youthfulness is all they've ever known. And so they assume that that youthfulness and their youth will last forever. Young people, we often think we're invincible. We often think we're immortal. We often think that old age is something that is just so far away. And we've we've all had people tell us, perhaps your parents are an older person, enjoy the time. Enjoy your youth. Enjoy these days because they will be gone before you know it. 
And young people tend to say, yeah, I hear you. But it can go in one ear and out the other because a young person thinks, but that is so far away. That is so many years down the road. One writer says, inside every older person is a young person who is wondering what happened. Not only does he command us to rejoice uh, because young, pe- young people to rejoice because we tend to take our youth for granted, but he also commands people to rejoice because they tend, young people, because people tend to idolize their youth. And when you idolize something, when you hold on to something so tightly, you can't enjoy it. Because all you can think about is not losing it. You see, this is why the beauty and personal care market in our country in 2019 was worth $93 billion. It gets at what's at the very heart of why people have a midlife crisis. What's at the heart of midlife crisis? You don't want to lose your youth. You're wanting to hold on to your younger years. And after talking about, and, and at the heart of taking your youth for granted, and at the heart of idolizing youth, is one thing that we've seen over and over throughout our study in Ecclesiastes. At the heart of taking it for granted, and at the heart of idolizing it, is forgetting that youth, too, is vanity. Look at verse 8 and verse 10. You'll see that word again, vanity. And remember, it doesn't mean meaning, meaningless. A better translation of the word is vapor, meaning smoke or mist. It's like the birthday candles that you blow out and the smoke goes away in a second. You see, we take it for granted or we idolize youth because we forget that life and youth is a vapor that it's fleeting and that it quickly passes and that you will be old one day and there's nothing that you can do to stop it. And the preacher commands young people to rejoice because the young often don't enjoy what's right in front of them. They don't enjoy today because they're so busy and so consumed with gaining they're so consumed with, consumed with living for gain. And again, I, I'm including myself. I, I, I feel these things. But when you're young, think about it. You're always consumed with what's next. You're consumed with the future. I got to get this job. Got to go to this school, get this degree, get this master's degree so that I can get a certain job. I got to get married. I've got to have kids. I've got to make this amount of money so that I can retire at this age. And then you wake up and you get all of that and you think, where did my life go? You see, young people are often so busy worrying about the future that they can't enjoy their youth and the days of youth that they have. You've probably seen this video clip. It went viral in May of last year, but it was of Kyle Martin, who was the valedictorian 
at King's Academy High School. Kyle walks up to give his commencement speech to the graduating class. And you should have seen him. You you should see the video. He is covered. He has um, medals and cords and the stole that says valedictorian uh, draping around his neck. He is a picture of someone who literally has it all. And he looks out over the graduating class and he says, a year ago when I was a junior, I was told that I had an opportunity to be valedictorian of the class. And so I ran as hard as I possibly could after that goal. The crowd starts cheering and going crazy. He said, I sacrificed and I stressed, but I got it. And again, the the cheers grew even louder at this point. And then he looked and he said, and it was awesome for about 15 seconds. And you could hear a pin drop at this point in the crowd amongst the students and faculty. He said, in the 16th second, I realized how much it had cost me. I realized what I had lost, that I was lonely, that I didn't have any friends, that I didn't get to do the things that I had wanted to do my senior year. Now, of course, this doesn't mean don't work hard. It doesn't mean uh, don't do your best. It doesn't mean don't use the gifts that God has given you. He actually says that in the speech as well. But this young high school senior, Kyle Martin, figured out exactly what the preacher is trying to teach young people in this passage. Ecclesiastes has shown us over and over in this series and throughout our study of this book that if we are trying to find ultimate satisfaction in pursuing life under the sun, in pursuing pleasure and wisdom and money and achievement and success, if we try to find ultimate satisfaction in those things, it will be like chasing the wind. It will last for about 15 seconds. Are those things good? Yes, they're good. But they're not ultimate. And if we make them ultimate, we will end up empty. Because you see, life is meant to be found above the sun. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. And again, to be clear, the preacher is not shaming young people. The preacher here is not... Uh, angry with people who are in their youth. No, he's simply saying, again, what he's been saying the entire book, your youth is a gift. And so if you are young, rejoice and enjoy the life that God has given you. Make the most of your youth with every fiber of your being, is what the preacher is saying, while you still can. Make the most of your youth. Because one day, you will lack the capacity and the ability and the desire to do so. You've heard me say a few times in this series, but if you start looking around and you start listening, you will see Ecclesiastes everywhere. My wife Susie is probably tired of me saying, that sounds like Ecclesiastes because I say it all of the time. I said it recently. We were driving. 
And I heard a song by Thomas Rhett called Be a Light. And listen to this little line and tell me what this sounds like. In a race you can't win, slow it down. You only get one go around. Because the finish line is six feet in the ground. In a race you can't win, slow it down. That's exactly what the preacher is saying to those who are in their youth. Slow down. Slow down. Stop living so much for gain. Stop chasing after the wind and enjoy the life. Enjoy your youth because it is a vapor and you will be old before you know it. And so we've seen here to age well, we need to rejoice in the days of our youth. Secondly, to age well, we need to remember. Look at verse, chapter 12, verse 1. Here in the remainder of this passage, we see that the preacher is going to hammer home for us the need for us to remember our Creator while there's still time. To remember God, our Creator, before it's too late. Let me make a few observations here. Notice, he doesn't just say, remember God. It's very specific. He says, remember your Creator. In other words, remember the one who created you. Remember in your youth the one who gave you life. The one who gave you everything that, you're, that you have. Remember, we've said it this way a few times in the series, remember your place in the world. Remember, you're not the creator. God is the creator and you're the creature. And I know that sounds very simple to do. But it's not that simple. The Bible says to remember is an active, deliberate, and daily decision to remember what your Creator has done for you. And not only to remember what He's done, but to act on that knowledge of God being Creator. To remember God as Creator means that you put God at the very center of your life and you focus your life on loving and serving Him, especially in your youth. And again, a question would be, why is he commanding specifically youth to remember their creator? Well, it makes sense if you think about it. Because the young are often very self-assured. Often very self-sufficient. After selfish gain and selfish ambition and are full of strength, thinking that they can do it all, that they don't need anyone to help them. They want to see the world. There's things for, they say, we say, there's things for me to do and places for me to go and people for me to see. And the preacher says the most important thing that you can learn, the most important thing you can do is to remember your creator in the days of your youth. Before the days of evil come, meaning before the days of old age come, And you say, I have no pleasure. Chapter 12, verses 3 through 7 is an amazing, very vivid poem of the aging and dying process. And it's it's very, uh, very vivid. 
And it's the preacher here is wanting us to face the facts of aging and dying. Remember, Ecclesiastes is trying to give us reality. He's trying to give us a picture of what life is really like. He's trying to, and the book is trying to reset our expectations about life. And here, in order to get us to uh, register this and to, in order for this to go deep and in order for us to feel the weight of aging and dying, he uses poetry. And he actually shows us what it's like. And this poem, on the one hand, it's beautiful. But on the other hand, it's very hard to read. Because on the other hand, it's very sad. Yes, it's beautiful. It's also sad and sobering, and I found myself this week um, struggling. And I just kept saying, this is not natural. This is not the way it's supposed to be. I found myself saying, it is so sad what sin has done to the world and to our bodies. And so I want to walk through these verses. And I want you to feel the weight of what is trying to be communicated to us this morning. See, to describe the aging process, a preacher uses the imagery of a mighty house, of a mighty palace that has slowly began to fall into disrepair. Verse 3, the keepers of the house tremble. It's referring to your hands, to your arms. As you get older, your hands and arms begin to shake. The strong men are bent, referring to your legs and to your back. Uh, you, they don't bend quite as easily. You're not able to carry the things in your older age that you used to be able to carry. It says the grinders have ceased. Well, you know what that means. The grinders refer to your teeth. As you get older, you start to lose your teeth, and it's harder for you to chew the food that you used to enjoy. The windows are dimmed, meaning your eyesight begins to fade. Verse 4, the doors would be your ears. You stop hearing clearly. But notice here, it's very interesting, but the birds still wake you up, referring to the fact that older people sleep lightly. They don't sleep as well. They can hear the birds early in the morning, but yet they can't hear them the rest of the day. Verse 5, they begin to be terrified and afraid of heights. As you get older, heights are no longer your friend. You become afraid to climb ladders and to climb stairs. Things that you once did easily and without fear when you were younger. The almond tree, it says, blossoms. When an almond tree blossoms, it is white. This is referring to the fact that when you get older, your hair begins to turn white and gray. And then it says the grasshopper drags itself along. Think about a grasshopper. They are the picture of lightness and agility. And now it drags itself along. You used to be able to run. You were very agile. 
and now you have slowed down. Lastly, it says desires, they fail. It's talking about sexual desire. It's talking about the desire to work and the desire for appetite. The things that you used to enjoy in your youth are no longer there like they were then. And when we hear this, remember, it's trying to reset our expectations. And so you can just hear the preacher asking us, what did you expect? And then the finality, we see we reach the end in this poem when it starts to talk about our death in verse 6. The preacher urges young people, remember your creator before the silver cord is snapped and the golden bowl is broken. It's a picture of the suddenness of life being over. Notice in verse 6 the repetition, shattered, snapped. The word broken is used a couple of times. Life is broken beyond repair. Death is irreversible and final. We see that in verse 7, the dust returns to the earth. That should sound familiar. Remember chapter 2? God created humanity, created Adam out of the dust of the earth. And it says here, we will return to the dust. And so this is a picture here of the fact that death is a reversal of creation. In death, we are literally being unmade. And it's not the way it's supposed to be. Why would the preacher... Why would he go to such great lengths to graphically show us the reality of the human aging process and the reality of death? He's trying to get our attention. He's trying to get this to land with us, especially those who are young. You can hear and sense the urgency of the preacher. He is pleading with us. Pleading with the young to remember their creator before it's too late. To remember their creator because life is a vapor. And so don't waste a second of it. You see, remembering your creator in the days of youth gives you foundation as you move into the days of darkness. It gives you foundation so that when you move into those days of darkness and you've remembered your creator and you have meditated on your Creator, instead of moving into those last years with cynicism and bitterness, then you move into those days, if you remember God in your youth, your Creator, you move into those days with faith and hope and love. And you remember your Creator in your youth, it gives you perspective on life. You start to see life, again, this is our new motto, not as gain, but as gift. And when you see life as gift, you see every day as a gift from him, and you live in gratitude because you know God has been good to you to give you another day of life. Are you remembering this morning your creator? See, to age well, not only... Do we need to remember that God is creator? But we also need to remember that God is 
our Savior as well. You see, God, our Creator, gave at just the right time His one and only Son, Jesus, to go into the world to redeem creation. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that who should ever believe in Him should not perish, but should have everlasting and eternal life. Friends, on the cross, Jesus was unmade for you. He was unmade so that you and I could be remade. Jesus was crucified, dead, and buried. And on the third day, he rose again from the dead. And that means that if you are united this morning to Jesus by faith, Though this house, this body, will crumble into the dust, if you belong to Jesus, your body will one day, this house will one day raise, be raised into an eternal house that will last forever. You see, the preacher has commanded us to remember our Creator And friends, Jesus also commands us. He commands us this morning to remember his saving work. He commands us to remember what he has done for us in his life and death and resurrection. And one of the ways and one of the good gifts that Jesus has given us, given the church to remember his saving work, is the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. Sadly, we're not able to partake in the Lord's Supper now, and I look forward to that day when we will return and be able to take of the Lord's Supper together. But you remember in the Lord's Supper, Jesus uses this phrase, and he says, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then after the resurrection, Jesus, he asks us to remember something else. Remember, he goes to his disciples and he says, In Matthew 28, the Great Commission, he says, Remember, behold, I am with you always. I love this passage and verse in Isaiah 46, verse 3. Listen to this. Listen to me. You who have been born by me before your birth, carried from the womb, even to your old age, I am he, and to gray hairs I will carry you. I have made you, and I will bear. I will carry, and I will save. Did you hear that verse? That is God's way of saying, I created you. Do not be afraid. I will carry you. I have carried you your entire life. From the time you were born until the time you get old, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will always be with you. Friends, I know that getting older, talk to old people, they will tell you how difficult the aging process is. I know it's scary. I know it's hard. I know it feels burdensome. Your mind starts to slip, you can't find things or you 
forget where things are placed, forget things more quickly. Your body's not as strong as it used to be. It doesn't heal as quickly as it used to. And maybe this morning you find yourself saying, what is going to happen to me? And friends, here's what's going to happen to you. God is going to carry you. God is going to carry you down to your gray hairs. God has got you, and he will never let you go. Yes, this passage calls us. It calls us and commands us to remember our creator. And we don't do that very well. And that's why the gospel is such good news for us this morning. Because the gospel says that even though we struggle at remembering our creator, that God always remembers us. That God always remembers you, even when you don't remember him. This passage commands us this morning to rejoice. We don't do a good job at rejoicing either. See, the good news of the gospel is that even though we struggle to rejoice, God always rejoices over you, as Zephaniah 3.17 says. He always rejoices over you with loud singing. So wherever you find yourself this morning, whether you're young or old, when we remember Jesus, when we remember that our Creator is not only our Creator, but He's also our Savior, we remember what He has done for us. We can't help, whether we're young or old, to rejoice. Let me pray ask God to help us and thank God for what He's done. Let's pray. Father, thank You this morning that You never leave us and that You never forsake us. Would You forgive us this morning for idolizing our youth? Forgive us for taking our youth for granted. And Spirit, help us now to rejoice. We need your help. Help us to rejoice in the days of our youth and to remember you, our Creator. May this change the way we live. In Jesus' name, amen.